Jam in the AM on this Tuesday morning. Thanks so much for tuning in. Those of you who have the day off today, I thank you for being on the other end of our presentation. Keep it at the Nahum Single Network all day long. And those of you, of course, who have a regular day today, as many of, many of our listeners do, uh, thanks and welcome to a Tuesday. Thanks for spending with us here at JM in the AM. Well, Rabbi Mark Schneier, our good friend, is, of course, a very well-known American rabbi who founded the Foundation for Jewish-Muslim Interfaith Understanding. And for the last 15 years, he's been a frequent guest in the palaces of Saudi Arabia, Oman, Bahrain, Qatar, and the UAE. Uh, he is um, the rabbi of the Hampton Synagogue in New York. And for us in uh, in this office and this studio, it is an honor to say that he is a great friend of the Nahum Siegel Network. Rabbi Mark Schneier, welcome back to JM in the AM. Hello from Tel Aviv, my father. So that's where you are. You are in Tel Aviv, and I assume that you've, yes. alre- you've already spent some time on this journey in other cities in the Middle East. Am I right? In the Gulf, correct. Amazing. Uh, it's incredible how you do that, and we'll talk about that coming up. You know, the, the, the headline from your most recent activities uh, in the Middle East, in the Gulf, and the Gulf region, uh, is, the, believe it or not, the 20... 20- 22 World Cup, and before I turn things over to you, Rabbi Schneier, I just want to tell you, and you're not going to you're not going to find this shocking at all. Um, just a, just a little while ago, when the World Cup final was taking place in Moscow, friends of mine from Israel said they were making the journey specifically to that contest because they know in 2022 they will not be able to attend the contest. In Qatar, being Israelis, being Jewish, etc., etc. Interestingly enough, just a few months later, you could give us a little bit of a different update and attitude from Qatar. Am I right? I have a big surprise for your friends. <laughs> they can come. Explain how all this happened. Well, I've enjoyed, you know, a uh, deep connectivity uh, with the uh, royal family and others in, in uh, Qatar, and specifically with Hassan al-Fawadi, the Secretary General of the uh, 2022 World Cup in Doha. And over the last several months, um, first met in New York, spoke in Doha, subsequent conversations, about the Qataris wanting to uh, implement different ideas and initiatives uh, to welcome, to accommodate the many Jewish and Israeli visitors you know, that they are anticipating uh, coming to the World Cup. Now, it's the only conversation that Hassan had with me that was a very uh, significant interview that he had with the New York Times in September 2017 when he was asked point blank, will Israelis be welcome uh, to the World Cup in Doha? And uh, without hesitation, uh, he said everyone is uh, welcome in Doha. Right. So I think it shows a remarkable and high sensitivity on the part of the Qataris um, to the needs of the world Jewish community. Uh, needless to say, you know, one of the first issues we've uh, been speaking about um, has been the uh, providing or you know, being able to uh, um, have you know kosher food uh, at the games. It's so funny, you know, after the article appeared, it was on the 
cover, in the back cover of the Yolachonot here in Israel yesterday. Uh, you should see how many texts I've got, even from kosher restaurateurs, <laughs> from kosher caterers, entrepreneurs, <laughs> uh, caterers around the world. You know, maybe you know you could help facilitate the introduction. You know, I walk down the streets in Tel Aviv, Rabbi, you know, where can we get tickets? <laughs> can you get us tickets? Re- remember, the World Cup for Israelis yep. is on a much, you know, oh, yeah. higher uh, Ameri- plane or demand than uh, uh, for American Jews. Yeah, Americans like you us can't even, can't even understand it. You'd have to take the Super Bowl and multiply it by 100. Exactly. Not only can we understand it, we even call their sport soccer. Right. So <laughs> we're not even out of the gate when it comes to appreciating what the World Cup is. Speaking it's a very, it's a big, big, look, look, it's a wonderful story. And, and it also reminds me, Nachum, that 20 years ago, uh, when, in 1998, when I was the president of the New York Board of Rabbis, so I think one of my you know, more significant contributions to Jewish life in the city was when then-public advocate Mark Green called me and said, why don't you and I bring kosher food to Yankee and Shea stadiums? Right. I was the one who brought you know, the kosher concessions uh, to both Yankee and Shea. Now, I can tell you 20 years later, with all of my activity in Muslim Jewish work, did I ever think domestically, that I would actually put forth an initiative of kosher food that would not only be a benefit to the New York Jewish community, but to the uh, New York Muslim community as well. Because right. as we know, kosher is halal. Right. So, you know, there there is a real commonality here. It's a way of bringing, you know, Islam and, and Judaism closer and Qatar and Israel closer. And, and it, it's just a very... Very wonderful and beautiful story and uh, piece of news to share. This Yankee Stadium and City Field accomplishment is going to look like nothing once you have kosher food stands in Qatar. I can tell you that much, right? No, no pun intended, but this time Schneider hit it out of the park. <laughs> hit it out of the park. Hey, we, we got to make that into a soccer reference, Rabbi. Come on. <laughs> Rabbi All Mark. right. And then so you can soar higher with Schneier. I mean, there's so many you know, wonderful phrases I come up with. You're, you're certainly scoring yeah. goals, that's for sure. Right? Mark Schneier is with us from Tel Aviv talking about the 2022 World Cup, just one of the benefits to the relationship that he has established with uh, leaders in the, in the Gulf countries. Uh, do a little bit before we do the big picture, which I will in a moment. Uh, I mean, just you know, the leaders of the the countries you mentioned, uh, Hassan Al Thawadi, uh, who's Secretary General and responsible really for the FIFA World Cup for 2022 in terms of the Qataris, and obviously there are, um, you know, leaders of the of of Qatar that you've met with. I mean, it's not just a kosher food availability at the game and in other area, you know, and and during other times of Israelis and Jewish visitors, you know, being in Qatar. I mean, I'm sure they're quite concerned about security, which they likely are in general with hosting a World Cup. And one would think just, you know, the possibility of people trying to, you know, add conflict and political conflict to all of this, if the Israelis, if the Jews are are seen to be welcome, you know, could be a problem. Are, are they ready for all the, the backlash that could occur with these decisions they're making? On my most recent visit to the Gulf, uh, what I come away with this time, you know, which is really of, of great interest, that there is a desire on the part of some Gulf leaders to develop and build Jewish life in their countries. 
Now, there are six Gulf states, so let's put Kuwait, Oman, and Saudi Arabia on the side because right. they don't have Jewish communities. Right. Bahrain has uh, the, the indigenous historic Jewish community. Um, and it was just several weeks ago where I was appointed by the King of Bahrain and by the royal court as the special advisor to the King of Bahrain. And one of the mandates the king gave me was to help preserve and to grow the Jewish community of Bahrain. Bahrain has a synagogue, even though it's not functioning. Uh, the king very much would like to see Bahrain as a tourist destination, as an economic destination for Jews as well. This is all a result of the warming of relations in between the Gulf and specific, specifically Bahrain and uh, Israel. Right. Then you have the, in the United Arab Emirates, um, just several weeks ago, there's a small Jewish congregation in Dubai uh, that became public. And as part of their 2019 Year of Tolerance, uh, they are publishing now uh, the Minister of Tolerance and Religion, Sheikh Nachyan, who I consider a dear friend. Uh, they are publishing uh, for the first time an overview of the different faith communities in the UAE, in the Emirates, and one of them will be featured is the Jewish community of Dubai. Hmm. And the sheikh, uh, you know, the uh, minister of tolerance is going to be, uh, has written the foreword and the introduction uh, to that book. So this is going to be the UAE's official recognition of the Jewish community of uh, Dubai. Wow. And then you have the Qataris, you know, they have this... Uh, uh, concern to be as welcoming and as inviting as inclusive uh, to Jewish visitors. And even I've discovered that in Doha, at the uh, Qatar Foundation, which is their large university, which is an amalgamation of top universities and schools from the U.S., like Northwestern, Michigan, Georgetown, and others, they believe there could be between 75 up to 100 Jewish students and professors, Jewish professors on campus, possibility of doing something there. So I, I think it's really fascinating, uh, you know, what we're witnessing now, the fact that we're even entertaining a discussion on Gulf leaders asking, asking me to assist them in the building of Jewish life in the Gulf. But this is a direct result and byproduct of the warming of relations between the Gulf and uh, the state of Israel today. Pretty amazing, I'll tell you. All right, Mark Schneier is with us from Tel Aviv. All right, two more things, and I apologize if the first one is a little bit repetitive, but I, I'll ask it more directly. Do they have any concern about um, uh, being a political target now that they're officially and openly welcoming Israelis and Jews and, of course, all the other activities you just described, or it's really not a great concern of theirs? No, I, I think security is, is a great concern. I don't know if, if the predominant, you know, force of concern is the fact that they will have Jews and Israelis there. I think that, you know, you have this ongoing conflict, you know, within the uh, Arabian and Persian Gulf. You know, you have the, the uh, Saudi forces, you have the Iranian forces, you have now the boycott between Saudi Arabia, the Emirates, and uh, Qatar. There's a lot of jealousy. Right. towards Qatar. Why did Qatar get these games in the first Muslim nation in history? Um, and it's even ironic that of the six Gulf states today, 
the only one that's working publicly, openly, with the state of Israel and the Israeli government. It happens to be Qatar. Right. Now, you know, what's happening in Gaza, the cooperation between Israel and Qatar, is not with the blessing of the Israelis, it's at the request of the Israelis. Right. Now, a year ago, you would have said to me, well, you know, Qatar, they're the bad boys. You know, they're right. financing this group, that group. Right. And here we are one year later, and they're the only one, you know, not Bahrain, not Oman, you know, surely not the Saudis that are openly, publicly working, you know, with the uh, state of Israel and, and the Israeli government. So, you know, it's a very, very fluid situation. But what's so exciting is that, you know, the journey has begun in terms of you know, the building of Muslim-Jewish relations, in terms of the establishing relations between the Gulf and Israel. It's a very, very exciting time. Oh, no question about it. You know, finally, and I can relate to this a drop because there there have been times that listeners have called me about traveling to certain areas of Israel, and I'm like, you know, what makes me an expert about security in those areas? Uh, but, of course, you know, when they know somebody or hear of somebody that they know, who's going to those areas and makes things a little easier psychologically, you know, with that in mind, that you will probably get countless calls over the next many months from people, especially those in Israel who are contacting you now for tickets, asking, you know, is it a smart idea? Is it safe? Can I stay in a hotel there? Can I walk the streets? Can I enjoy the number of days that I'm setting aside to be at the World Cup in Qatar? I assume you're now going to be... uh, uh, the uh, the resource for people to find out if, in fact, it's a good idea for them to spend their free time there. Look, I can tell you that, um, and I'm going to say something somewhat bold and brazen to you. I, I was in Berlin four weeks ago. Right. There was a uh, big interreligious faith gathering sponsored by the Republic of Azerbaijan, Predominantly, uh, Muslim leaders, faith leaders, were in attendance, and I was asked to give the keynote uh, address on behalf of the Jewish community. Right. I am more comfortable wearing my yarmulke in Bahrain than I am in Berlin. Wow. And I think, you know, that speaks volumes. It's now, you true. cannot see the Gulf as a monolithic region. Right. Uh, I don't know if I'd feel the same way or express that to you about Saudi Arabia uh, or about the UAE. I might feel you know, differently about Bahrain and Qatar. But again, it, it's all moving in that direction. I find that in the Gulf, yes, you know, there may be issues vis-a-vis Israel, but I think uh, myself and some of my colleagues have been wonderfully successful over the years in terms of educating and sensitizing Gulf leaders that you can't bifurcate Israel and Judaism. You can't, you know, break out Israel from Judaism. You know, Israel is at the very core of Judaism. So if you want to have an authentic conversation dialogue between, you know, Jewish and Islamic leaders, then you need to recognize that Israel is at the very, very center of Judaism. You know, I, I remember... Recently, saying at, at, at a major interreligious conference, I said, "You're asking me to break out Israel from Judaism is like my asking you to break out halal and Sharia from Islam." Right. And I used to hear ten years ago, Rabbi, you know, our issues are with Jews, Israelis, Zionists. I no longer hear that today. It's not part of the conversation. So I find that there is a certain appreciation in the Gulf, um, a certain respect and reverence for the mother religion being Judaism. As the children of Abraham, 
we share a common faith, we share a common fate, and how our common destiny must strengthen our bonds of concern, compassion, caring for each other. I'm not going to represent that we've arrived at the promised land of Gulf, Israel, or Muslim-Jewish relations. I want to remind you, it took 40 years for the Israelites to get to that promised land. I'm not suggesting it's going to take 40 years here. But the good news is that the journey has begun. Amazing. And having kosher food in Doha, in Qatar, is just one more benchmark along that journey. Oh, 100%. And it's a, a very, very big piece of news, that's for sure. Uh, Rabbi Schneier, I thank you. I know you're selective when it comes to where to address these issues publicly. We're honored that uh, we are on that list. I thank you so much and continue you. your uh, and continue enjoying your uh, your uh, journey there in uh, in Israel. And thanks so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure. Have a wonderful day. Rabbi Mark Schneier, he's the rabbi of the Hampton Synagogue, founder of the Foundation for Jewish Muslim Interfaith Understanding. And as you heard, uh, he was um, he was just there recently in Qatar and certainly had this amazing welcoming news for Jewish and Israeli fans of the 2022 World Cup. Tuesday morning broadcast, more coming up at JM in the AM. <laughs>